For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. My name is Jeff Cross. I am here sitting in a, a beautiful office at a nice <laughs> antique wood table about six feet away from the one and only Chad Ozy. How are you, Chad? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing? Oh, man. I'm super pumped. 12 days to Christmas. By the time anybody listens, this will be one day to Christmas, but that's okay. Today's 12 <laughs> days to Christmas, so uh, you can't stop me now. Well, hopefully when they listen to this, it'll be about uh, nine days to Christmas. Okay. By yeah. the time they, uh, it'll come out nine it's days, right. and then everybody will procrastinate. And be like, oh, yeah, i got to listen to that podcast. And then it'll be January 5th before they get to it. And they're like, oh, why is this guy talking about Christmas? And it's after the New Year. so That's okay. Uh, Once am, Jeff hits February, he thinks it's Christmas season again. So only 11 months of Christmas. Well, yeah, we get you know we give it a good 30-day rest. I'm sporting the uh, green... Uh, ugly Christmas sweater with Santa Claus digitized. I guess I don't know what they call that pattern, digitized or something. But it's uh, very much one of my faves. Rode the golf cart over here, playing Christmas music. People were literally looking at me, going, "What is wrong with this dude?" I'm honking my little bozo horn. I'm doing it all. I don't care. I'm waving at people. You know, they're like, "Oh, we got one on the loose, man. We need to see if we can get the." Uh, the authorities over here to check on them. So, yeah, been a been a busy day or busy couple days. Had some uh, long travel again this week. You know, as uh, we mentioned on the previous podcast, you know, it's it's uh, the things we do to get to games. And mm-hmm. I think I I think I might even told my one of my partners. I said sometimes the hardest part hardest part about our game is just getting to the game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, just getting there. And and sometimes it's not even just how far you got to drive. I mean, right now as we're recording. A lot of our friends up north in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and Michigan are dealing with just absolutely crazy weather. There's games getting canceled left and yeah. right. You know, it's kind of a deal where, you know, 
just getting home from a game 45 minutes away can be treacherous. <laughs> right. So it's it's not just the the long drives. Sometimes yeah. it's just the weather and junk we got to deal with. Yeah, you know, and that's that was my case just last night. You know, I had a six o'clock tip mm-hmm. in Brookings, and uh, had to get to Omaha to fly out in the morning, which was this morning. And um, I mean, every 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 second counted. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and it's like okay, we have to go. You know, and we want a post game. Don't get me wrong, but we can also, when it comes to travel, we can do some of that post game on the phone. Yeah, let's go. Let's get let's get moving down the road because we're we're trying not to be stuck in a town we don't want to be stuck in, so we can get to the next game. So, I think my line was uh, anything short of the building being on fire, <laughs> we're out of here right after this game. <laughs> so, and good news. Uh, hey, maybe if right. it is, as long as it's on the other end. <laughs> yeah, if it's somewhere <laughs> we can else. Still go. Yeah. yeah, if we can segregate that. Yeah. So. But uh, so I really want to have some fun. Okay. Okay. I want to have some fun. And um, I want to know, uh, I, I, I would like to hear some feedback from, from the listeners. I know when I listen back and I listen to it and I, I hear us laughing, it makes me laugh. I don't know how, if everyone else thinks we're funny or not. And there's a real chance they may not. They just want the <laughs> communication. They want all the, the juicy stuff. But... It's kind of like right now, my mood is um, the mood of a teacher that's in the last week before Christmas vacation. So they've already checked out oh, yeah. and planning the pina coladas <laughs> on the beach I mean, as they head to someplace warm. It's movies. It's <laughs> movies, right? So I thought about just, you know, pre-recording something and sending it to you. And go, okay, here's our podcast for the for the day, right. for the week. So, But um, I want to – I'm going to – you know, kind of go different places here. It won't necessarily okay. be all with entail uh, in, in and officiating, but I just want to get your knee-jerk reaction when I say some of these words or say some of these phrases. Okay. So my first, so I j- just just tell me what you think when when you hear it. What does it mean to you? Okay. Or when you when I say it, the first one would be. Your partner contacts you one week. Your crew chief contacts you one week before your game. What does that mean to you? What do you, what do you, what do you like? Are you like, oh my gosh, this is already with this? Or you're like, this person's really on the ball. Yeah, for me, it's almost always, wow, this person's on the ball. Oh. You know, I like that. I like, I like upfront communication. I like kind of knowing what's going on. Now, you can take that too far. You know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go a week ahead, it doesn't need to be. Hey, I plan on arriving at six thirty-seven p.m. I'll be driving a blue Honda. I'll right, be right. wearing a silver sport coat, and I'll be you know whatever, right? right. You know, but hey, guys, I see we're at Eureka uh-huh. on Friday night. Looking forward to uh, a great game. Uh, let me know if you have. Uh, any issues on the way, here's my cell phone number. When I get something like that from a partner, that's yeah. great because it, it automatically gets me anticipating what's going to happen. Oh, hey, I get to see so-and-so again. I'm working with this third. Uh, that's going to be a great night. It's a fun place to go work. Now, it's it's different than what you do because for you, there's other communication that has to happen on a D1 crew that I don't have to have at a D2 or a D3 crew. You you need to know, hey, does anybody need to be picked up at the airport? You need to know, hey, are we coordinating a, a rental car mm-hmm. because of when we're flying in? Like mm-hmm. you have serious logistics 
that have to happen. And so it's always funny um, whenever uh, whenever I'm working a game with uh, a, a Division One referee. And I can tell that they just have like a, a form message that they send out. <laughs> Copy paste. Right? You know, because cause they'll be like, uh, please confirm all travel arrangements at least 48 hours before uh, our tip. Uh, you know, I'm like, well, dude, my travel arrangement is that me and my 2007 Ford Focus are going to hope to get to the game in time to work it. That's my travel My travel plans is I'm going to go to the gas station, check the pressure in my tires. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the dipstick. Yep. Okay. I'm out of here. My travel arrangements are. I'm going across the street to work the game. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. You're right. I think we we do do some of that. And you know, sometimes we just want to know. Um, you know, like just with this weekend. You know, I needed to know everyone was flying into the game. Mm-hmm. What airport you're going into? Because there is, like we previously talked about, the the bad weather. Yeah. One airport. You know didn't have it was south so it didn't have uh, the potential bad weather but the other one north did so i mean it changed so much you know we we all sell our sell our plans oh we're gonna fly into here we're gonna rent a car and we're gonna drive home, back to this airport and we're out of here right that was mm-hmm. all part of the deal well after our game actually at halftime of our game last night one of my uh partners checked their phone and their flight that was supposed to leave out of uh, sioux falls south dakota this morning on the morning the morning after the game mm-hmm. had already been delayed oh wow and it was halftime the day before oh, geez. <laughs> so i said well you know you can hop in a car with me we can get you back to omaha mm-hmm. and you can fly out of omaha and bring it home and then it was funny so that's that's what they did um we get the we get to we land in midway turns her phone on and she goes because she's supposed to be in minneapolis Flying into Minneapolis Tuesday night. She's going to go home, do some work stuff, had a Christmas party, whatever it was, and she was going to take the last flight out to Minneapolis, Minneapolis for a game on Wednesday. Well, that flight had already been delayed. Oh. <laughs> so she's like, what should I do? I said, well, I would try to get to Minneapolis right yeah. now. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. I got to miss this Christmas party or whatever it is because you got to get to it. So, yeah, you know, I think um, I, one of my questions is, so – is there a difference between five days, seven days, ten days for you? For for me, it just has to do with what kind of game I'm working, you know. And and I do the same thing as a crew chief, you know. If if I'm working a JUCO game, I'm typically forty eight hours out. And part of the reason for that is I know how fluid that stuff is, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, stuff gets changed all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a junior college game last night. I was a crew chief on it. Uh, and between Sunday and Monday, uh, my crew changed. Between Monday morning and Monday noon, my crew changed again. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if if I were trying to communicate a week out on that, I might have to send fifteen different emails by the time everything's said and done because stuff just just happens. And again, like you said, especially this time of year with weather and everything else. Uh, if I've got a D three game. Uh, that I'm crew chiefing typically on Sunday, I'm sending all my emails for the week. Hmm. Typically don't have Monday night D3 occasionally. If I do, then that one I'm probably sending earlier in the weekend. Mm -hmm. But most of the time what I try to do is when, when I finally sit down with my schedule, Sundays are crazy for me uh, in church. I'm preaching at two different churches on Sunday morning. I've then got all of the Sunday afternoon stuff, family, small group that night, that kind of thing. 
And then when I finally get to settle down Saturday night and take a look at my schedule for the week, I'm typically sending out all those emails at once. So you're trying to tell me you don't uh, have service at one church and then before you go to the other service, you stop and send out reminders? I do not. I do not do that. <laughs> before I go to the other service? Nope. <laughs> exactly. I think that's I think that's my point. You know, this this word compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying this word to me a number of years ago because I we talked about us. I'm not very much of a list person. And you're like, well, I bet you do a good job of compartmentalizing. And I think that's what you're doing, right? Okay. I know that I shall take care of these things. This confirmation of games. But right now, these next eight hours are meant to, you know, with your other job, mm-hmm. um, family, friends, loved ones, you yeah. know, whatever that whatever that entails. And then you can get to the couch and say, okay, have the, as you would have probably the Kansas City Chiefs on in the background. That's right. <laughs> and then take care of that. So, all right, good, 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 good. Next question. Okay. What is your Christmas Eve tradition? Ah, <clears throat> so for us, um, Christmas Eve is with my side of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been for a, a long, long time, and uh, we always do uh, Christmas Eve church service. And so for me and and my role at the church, uh, Christmas Eve is not a relaxed day. At all. Okay. Because I've got all the last minute stuff that goes into a Christmas Eve service. Um, Christmas Eve services are always different because for one thing, we have people that are able to be here for that service that aren't necessarily here all the time. They might be just, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, you know, we used to call those keisters. They show up at Christmas and Easter. Well, I don't mean those kinds of people. Okay. All right. Good. What I mean, like for instance, my daughter. Yeah. who's at school at the University of Mobile, down okay. in Mobile, Alabama. Um, she will be coming back uh, here either on the 22nd or 23rd of December. So she'll be here for Christmas Eve service. So our worship leader desperately wants my daughter on the worship team that uh. night. Okay, So they can't have rehearsal on Sunday morning for the Saturday night Christmas Eve service yeah. because some of those people that are going to participate mm-hmm. won't be here till sure. then. Right, that makes sense. You know, so there's going to be a rehearsal on Christmas Eve afternoon. Um, There's going to be some other things, you know, going on for that. And so, but then for for my side of the family, as soon as Christmas Eve service is done and we've taken all the fun pictures and we've blown out the candles and scraped up the wax that the little kid (laughs) dropped on the floor from the candle light service or whatever. Band-aids on on fire and burned. After after we've done that, um, then we'll head over to my mom's house. Um, Which is local, right? Yeah, it's it's about 20 minutes or so from mm-hmm. our church. And uh, we do it a little different every year. Sometimes we'll do kind of a, a more traditional meal. A lot of times we'll do, uh, we call it a snacky meal, which other people call like hors d'oeuvre meal or whatever. This mm-hmm. year we're doing tacos. So we're doing tacos for Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve tacos. Because I like it. that can be prepped ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. all the taco stuff can be in the crock pot. The mm-hmm. things can be chopped up and ready to go. And so then we can get there and do that. And uh, when that part of the meal is over, we will go in and we will do uh, presents. And uh, in my family, we don't do presents between the, the my generation. 
we give presents to my mom and stepdad. Mm. Uh, they give presents to us. We give presents to the nieces and nephews. Um, uh, and and we have a blast with that. It's, it's a ton of fun. It's neat. Um, Grandma and Grandpa always provide stockings that are separate from Santa's stockings. Mm. Uh, they have Grandma and Grandpa stockings, uh, which always have some fun stuff that's in it. That's what they say on them? Uh, well, that's not what they say on them. They have uh, they have our you? names embroidered on the stockings, Whoa. so everybody gets their own stocking. There's a running joke in our family. Uh, we have one stocking that instead of having uh, an embroidered name on the top of it, it actually has a chalkboard on the top of it. Okay. And so that stocking has been for lots of different people throughout the years. It might be for someone's significant other who's not yet a spouse. Cause once you become a spouse, then you get upgraded to an embroidered stocking. Time to get out the needle and thread. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so we may or may not have made fun of certain members of the family and how many different people have had the chalkboard stocking with them right. over the course of the years. Are we getting needle like and that. thread or a new piece of chalk? <laughs> That's new right. piece of chalk it is. And now the funny thing is, is that my kids generation, they're kind of excited about like, who's the first one of us that's going to have somebody with the name on the chalkboard stocking, mm-hmm. you know, right, which right. one of them's going to bring somebody home yeah, for Christmas. That's good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, we have a blast with that. And then we just, um, you, you know, there are some families where they like play lots of board games or they watch lots of movies or they, you know, watch football on TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it's really just, uh, we sit around and we visit and mm-hmm. we enjoy spending time together, mm-hmm. which I think is really unique for a family like ours because my mom and stepdad didn't get married until uh, my sister and I were out of the house mm-hmm. and his daughter and uh, her husband were out of the house. And so we're kind of a, a Brady Bunch family that's been put together, but we were put together after we were all gone. And so a lot of families like that are kind of disconnected. Maybe they get together for stuff, but it's not a real like connected family kind of thing. And we're really fortunate in my family that uh, we're very, very well connected. All of our kids, they're just cousins. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's blood relation or not. It's cousins. We're all aunts and uncles, grandma and grandpa, grandma, grandpa. And, uh, and it's a, it's a neat, fun experience. What about you? What's Christmas Eve look like for you? Well, it used to be uh, when Gene and I first got married, we would spend Christmas Eve and we would have lasagna ah, on Christmas Eve. There you go. And t- a lot of times, I know we, a lot of families do that. Yeah, do a lot of times we would have lasagna on if it wasn't on Christmas Eve because uh, actually it might have been Christmas Eve Eve is what they called it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't know where you guys are getting these words from, but <laughs> I, I mean, my wife's side of the family can make up some phrases, <laughs> that, but it was Christmas Eve Eve because. That was when they met with her side of the family. Sure. And then Christmas Eve was kind of, you know, uh, a little, even lower key than that. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, kind of preparing for Christmas Day. Um, I actually remember as a kid, Christmas Eve always being, that's uh, where I went to my my mom's parents' house. Okay. That was what we did. And um, and I, it's gonna, it's going to, I'm going to tell you. What I remember, but that's going to remember the, the question that's going to come towards you. One of my biggest memories in Christmas Eve and Christmas Day as a kid. Christmas Eve, we'd go to, like I said, my mom's side. Mm-hmm. And this is, we you know, it was all normal stuff. Um, except for 
the difference between my two grandparents, one, my mom's side of the grandparents was the aluminum Christmas tree, basically take it out of the basement already decorated, plop it on the table, Christmas is done <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Yeah. That's how it was. Um, so, and it was very uh, anticlimactic opening up presents, you know, it was, you know, it was a very stuffy situation. Okay. But... The, the the biggest memory I have is my uncle David, who was he was the rebel of the family. And he knew how stuffy my his his mom was, who was married to my step grandpa, his so I guess it'd be like his stepdad. They were very, you know, everything was always had its place, right? The I don't want to call him the black sheep, but he was definitely the most outgoing person in the family. And okay. I remember the first time they held Christmas. He literally drove his four-wheel drive truck up through the snow into the yard and basically pointed the headlights right inside the picture window. Put it in park, got out, walked in the door. I'm like, now we got some memories. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is what we're talking about. I was like, I can't, I'm like, I didn't even know. And then I heard her. He parked in the front yard, you know. And you know, it was you know, it just went from you know stuffy to my, my uncle David was always that way. So. I, I enjoyed that part, but it's still, you know, he tried to loosen it up, but, it, you know, it still gets pretty straight and narrow. <laughs> then we go to my dad's side, and that was on Christmas Day. Okay. And that was, I mean, <clears throat> flat on, I mean, from the time you walked in to the time you left, you were playing. And you chances are you passed out playing. And then all the adults would get around and play cards. Mm-hmm. And we would play with whatever Christmas gift. You know, I, you always had, okay, I'm bringing these four over to my grandparents' house, you know, so I could share them with all my cousins and, you know, whatever that is. So, and I remember just, you know, just that was a big thing. And, mm-hmm. and it just, and it was, it was, it was the 70s, right? It was the 70s. So the house was just full of smoke, you know, and you're like going underneath the smoke trying to get to the, you know, your cousins, you know, Bed, back bedroom or whatever it was. And we just, I mean, I, literally I remember one time we were bouncing on the bed. We were jumping on the bed. And somehow somebody lost their balance and literally went through the window. Oh, my goodness. And we broke the window, Jeez. went out the window. I'm like, man, we are having a good time again. <laughs> so, But those are the memories I remember. And those are the things that I'm like, I just love. I, I wish I could create that for my kids, mm-hmm. you know. Because, but it's just different times. It's just sure. different different scenarios. So, it's going to lead me to my question to you: What is your when when I say what's your Christmas childhood memory? What's that look like for you? Okay, well, let, let me back oh. up one second because I want to ask a question okay. here that that you sparked in me. So, when you open presents in your family, does everybody open them all at once, or do you open them one by one? So, on my mom's side, grandparents, mm-hmm. it was one by one. Okay. That was what you did. On my dad's side, it was I mean, it was wild, wild west. <laughs> I mean, anybody could be opening. Sometimes you didn't even open your own presents. You were opening somebody else's presents. I mean, oh paper was everywhere. No <laughs> stockings. To, you know, it was just, uh-huh. I mean, it was just ripping open paper and, and going for it. That was just kind of how it was. And I don't, I don't even remember presents being passed out. I remember as a kid, you just dove into the Christmas tree, and if it said Jeff, you took it, opened it, and woohoo, and you did it again, you know. And you, it was, it was, it was like a teamwork scenario where I went in there and I said, "Oh, that's Gary's," and I'd grab it, and here, that's yours, you know. Okay, and I'm, you know, we would just mm-hmm. do that. So, 
stuffy, one person at a time. You hold up your your you know six pair of brand new white socks and you go thank you very much <laughs> and like that's really nice of them to do that make sure you say thank you let's get a picture with that yeah and then you go to the other side and it's you know everybody's chain smoking and you know it's just <laughs> i'm like whoa so it was just the the tale of two days for sure me. but they both had such great memories for me yeah that um you know, I, I like I said before. I wish I could. I don't know if my. I, I'm interested. I might even ask my kids that. You know, what's your greatest memory about Christmas as a kid? What do you remember most? So yeah, well, for me, growing up on both sides, we we would open up individually, but the thing that it ingrained in me was the joy of giving. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, when it's a free-for-all and everybody's ripping open, like, you never get to see the look on somebody's face right, right. when they open your present, mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know? And, yeah, there's the thank you part of it and the recognition and the appreciation and all that. But the bigger part of it is, you know, when you've worked really hard mm-hmm. to find a great gift for mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. you know, you want to see that look in their eyes, that expression on their face when they when they get it, mm-hmm. you know, which is really cool. And, you know, we've talked about that in the world of officiating, you know, uh, if I hire somebody to work college baseball, it's 10 times more fun for me to mm-hmm. hire them on the spot. Yeah, you're right. And get to see the look on their face mm-hmm. rather than shooting them some form email. Welcome <laughs> to the CCAC. Right. Please make sure you sign up for your arbiter mm-hmm, at yeah. such and such, blah, blah, blah. Please well, close all dates. Yeah, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, who cares about that, mm-hmm. man? I love seeing the spark in somebody's eyes when they they get this thing they've been wanting. Yeah. You know, and when you, when you give somebody a gift that you know they've been wanting, that's really cool. What I personally love, my favorite thing to give is to give somebody something that they wanted, but they didn't know you knew they wanted. To me, that is like, oh, like I I have scored off the charts, you know, on NBA 2K, I am mm. the 99 up yeah. there, you know, uh, yeah. I have full points <laughs> in everything uh, when I have that because like there's sometimes when somebody wants something and like you've seen them look at it and mm. you've seen them want it, but maybe they think it's too much so mm. they don't tell anybody or maybe they're a little embarrassed that that's really something that they would want. Maybe mm. It's just a little outside their norm or whatever it might be. Whenever I can see that in somebody's eyes, and I can I can get that for them, or you just hear them say something in conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something big we're doing in our family right now. Is instead of giving stuff, we're trying to give memories or experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's like how how cool is that when you get to see them experience it? So yeah, that's. I, I think you're right funny. too. In in. I enjoy, you know, obviously I, I enjoy giving. I think um, giving is probably the best part of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, me may not, I may not necessarily be giving something physical to someone, but I feel like I can give them, you know, my my joyful joyful spirit, you know, and, and hopefully, like I said, on the way over, I'm waving at people on the golf cart. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I can get a couple smiles because it's, you know, 12 days to Christmas, I, I want to be able to do that. Um, but, um, in the officiating world, it's, it has like a tenfold impact when you get a chance to, let's just say you say something, um, about a rule or maybe about a play. So someone, someone sends you to play, right. Mm -hmm. 
and you go, yep, that's a correct call. You know what I mean? And it's done. You email it back, correct call. Just l- last week, someone showed me a play in the locker room. I looked at it, and I said, because they were having some back and forth with their crew, and I said, that's a correct call. And I took their iPad and gave it back to them. I said, don't ever think about this play again. You got it right. And mm-hmm. I got to see the look on their face. Yeah. That's, that means that's way more impactful to me anyway oh, yeah. to see that look instead of going, yeah, you got it right. You know, even mm-hmm. if I would have said those same words, I wouldn't have been able to see the reaction on their face. So you're right. To be able to witness how someone's receiving your words is, um, you know, almost untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, it so, really is. Yeah. Um, all right. What? Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. Mm. You, you had a question that I bypassed, so I'm just seeing if you come back to that one or if you're moving on. I had a question that I bypassed? You had a question that I said, hey, I want to ask this question first. You don't even remember what the question is now, do you? It, listen, I got Christmas brain, man. I don't <laughs> tell you. <laughs> I got Christmas brain. His brain's a little jingle gelled out. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you asked best best memory. Christmas memory yeah, as a kid, something you, like that. Is that what it was? That. Okay, yeah. yeah I just remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Did. I just didn't know if you remembered. Yeah. I was, was just your house, checking, you Was know? your house full of smoke? Was your house full of smoke back then? Uh, one of them was. Yeah. I, would, I had two grandparents. Both lived in the same town, which is great, because we never lived where they lived until I was later on in high school or close by. We always lived at least uh, at least four hours away or so. Mm-hmm. And so we typically um, would drive... Uh, back to what we would just call grandmas and grandpas kind of collectively. We'd, yeah. we'd drive back there uh, around Christmas Eve growing up. Uh, we would always stay with my mom's folks because they had extra bedrooms. And so that's where we would stay uh, at my uh, at my mom's parents, uh, Grandma Grandpa Mott Singer. Uh, Grandma Grandpa Ozzy lived in the trailer park just on the edge of town. Okay. And at that time, uh, Christmas Eve was with Grandma Grandpa Ozzy, typically, Christmas Day, was with Grandma Grandpa Motzinger. Grandma Grandpa Ozzy's was the one that was smoke-filled. Gotcha. Grandma Grandpa Motzinger's was not. Um, and, uh, in fact, I just I told the story on uh, on Sunday. Uh, my Grandpa Motzinger was a, a smoker at one point. He'd done some stuff like that and all that was part of what he did until he went to World War II. And when he went to World War II, everybody got rations, Oh, okay, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the things you get in your rations was cigarettes. You get packs of cigarettes. One of the things that you get in your rations is you might get a certain amount of, of beers, mm-hmm. right? But then you and I, I, it blows my mind to think of this, okay? Back in World War II, my grandfather fought in the Pacific. They would fly over and ship over to these fighting men glass bottles of coca-cola <laughs> right there are small like six or eight ounce sure, yeah. bottles of coca-cola and part of the reason that the coca-cola bottle is like shaped the way it is and everything is because it made it strong oh. right less likely to break all that yeah. kind of good stuff which right? is true i think yeah i mean yeah it could take a bomb for sure so they go over there well my grandfather more than anything in the world loved sugar hmm. my grandfather loved 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 coca-cola mm. to the day he died loved coca he had to, he became diabetic later he loved sugar so much yeah. and so he had to switch to diet Sounds about but, right, yeah. you know he was there so he would take and he would trade one pack of cigarettes for every coca-cola the guy had 
Mm. He would trade one beer for every Coca-Cola another guy had. And so they'd get to the end of rations, and he would have this massive <laughs> stockpile of Coca-Colas. And so he didn't smoke and didn't drink after he went to World War II because he realized, well, I don't need that. I got my Coca-Cola, and I'm good to go. So his, his house was not smoke-filled. Because yeah. of World War II. His was Coke-filled. <laughs> His was Coke-filled. Coke Every filled. single yeah. year it was Coke-filled. That's exactly right. That's interesting. You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting that, because you would think in a stressful time, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're already a smoker. Yep. But um, I, I would have I liked to really talk to him about that scenario because, you know, basically he was giving up two of his vices to make sure he stayed with, the, get, was able to keep yeah. the one. You know, and again, it, I've used it as an example in a lot of different settings, a lot of different teaching moments over the years. That when when we come down to a crisis moment, we find out what's important to us. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come down to a crisis moment, is is your job the thing that's important to you? Is your family the thing that's important to you? Is the house the thing that's important to you? Is the relationship you've got the important thing to you? Whatever, you know, and and we had to choose choose between those three things. I mean, it was Coca-Cola was going to win all day, every day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, I wonder if I could do that. You know, I don't know if I've ever, I'm trying to, you know, just look back at my life and go, okay, I remember when I had three vices Mm -hmm. and I, I, in order to keep the one I really, really wanted, would I be willing to give up the two? Because I, th- I feel like we have everything so instantly available to us now. Oh yeah, that we would still be able to do all three. Oh sure. But for your grandpa, it, it wasn't. Yep. You know this, like you said, a plane's coming over. It's delivering rations. I'm only going to have so many. I know it's important to me. So mm-hmm. um, almost like um, you know a refereeing a, a game. You know. Uh, if, if the game is so important to you to be able to go referee it, you're probably going to have to give up one or two other things to make sure you continue to get the games, family time, you know, whatever that is, right? Or, or sleep. Sleep. Or, you <laughs> know, right. whatever, yeah, yeah, you know. Or, you know, even, you know, for those of us that, that are hitting the holidays right now, you know, th- there are some of us that are going to say, you know what, for, for me to still feel okay coming out of the holidays, I've got to stay with my – eating plan. I won't call it a diet, right? Sure. I'm going to stay with my eating plan all the way through the holidays. Mm-hmm. There are other people that have said, Hey, you know what? I'm being so good with my eating plan so that I can splurge mm-hmm. at the holidays. Mm-hmm. Right. There are other people they are going to get there and go, Oh yeah, these are the holidays. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> instead of like splurging on one or two things, I yeah. mean, you know, they're just going to, Hey, it's the holidays. All, all bets are off. <laughs> That's right. Yep. You know? And for those things that are important to us, you know, you may say, well, yeah, having, having grandma's, you know, Christmas dessert, that's, that's important to me. I'm going to splurge on it. People say, no, it's all important to me. I got to have all of it. Somebody else says, well, the way I feel right now is more important to me than having that thing or yeah, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think there's every aspect of life we can, we can look at this stuff at, yeah. you know, that we will always make time for what's most important. Yeah. We'll always make priority what's most important. I, I agree, and we we may not realize that we're that it's that that is most important until you you know maybe look at it from a different lens and go, I just gave up these two other things that I thought were important to me to do this one. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, and the thing that we say is most important to us is not always what's most important to us. Agreed. Our Agreed. actions will show. Yeah. What's most important. Mm, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. 
But I, I want to go back to the, I know this is, you know, probably, you know, probably not going to pass the uh, FDA guidelines, you know, on the. Uh, FDA uh, guidelines? Not, uh, the Food and Drug Administration? We're talking about all those cigarettes. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa, I know, I'm, I'm an uneducated <laughs> man. My grandpa used to love smoking so much that he didn't want to get up to like go get an ashtray or something. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he cuffed his pants and he would sit in his chair, take a big drag and have the ash mm-hmm. and he'd put the, he'd dip the ashes in the cuff of his pants. <laughs> and that's how many what, times did he set his pants on fire? They never really set his pants on fire, but that's just what he did. <laughs> oh he didn't put the cigarette gosh. in there. You know what I mean? He <laughs> put the cigarette out somewhere else, but he did that to try and save room in the ashtray, you know? <laughs> so he would just dip, dip right in this thing. And my grandma would do his laundry and get so mad at him. You know, because she's now she's washing these ashes all the time. So yeah, smoking was a big thing in our house, big thing. Oh my uh, goodness! I know, right? <laughs> That's funny, dude. So, um, you know, you talked about uh, you know, being able to find that perfect gift. Mm-hmm. Walk me through how that happens in a day and age where everything's done on the internet now. Uh, so for me, it's about just trying to watch the people that are near me and, um, what things they would do. Like most of us have things that maybe we, we would like to have, but we wouldn't admit it to the point of actually going out and getting it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm a weird tech gadget junkie okay that's me all right so if if i was going to say a a gift for myself that would fall in that category like i've always wanted a high quality camera drone you know that you like go up and fly (laughs) but i'm afraid i'm gonna crash it (laughs) i don't want to get it right you know know? so like for me like and, and i could think of all these cool things i would use it for there's stuff i could use it for for some of the church stuff we do, there's stuff that I can use it for, for like even some of the, the baseball teaching and training. Like yeah. I have rationalized all of these reasons yeah, why yeah. it would be perfectly acceptable for me to go out and buy that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done that because it's like, well, that's a little ridiculous for me to spend the kind of money that it takes to really have a good quality one. Yeah. You know, not just like a little toy one. Right. You know, I was yeah. about ready to say from Radio Shack, which just dated me right there because yeah. Radio Shack <laughs> hadn't been around in a while, right? It hasn't, no. Yeah, but you know, the, that kind of thing. Um, my wife, uh, my wife is so awesome and she's unbelievably good with money and she, uh, she has a great job. She's unbelievably educated. You know, she's got her PhD. She's got all that kind of stuff. And so, like, if she wanted something, she could just go get it mm-hmm. if she wanted it. But occasionally, I'll see her look at something or ask about it. Or sometimes it's just you're at the store and you notice their eye lingers a little longer on yeah. one thing than it does the other. Mm-hmm. You know? And I try to catalog that mm. when that happens. Mm. Um, there's one particular gift uh, for both of my kids, um, that I'm not going to share right now, just on the off chance that one of them might listen to this between now and Christmas, because both of them claim to occasionally listen to the podcast. And so this would be the one time that's actually true that they would listen if I were to say what it was. Um, but it's got, and and my wife's the one that picked up on it. Mm -hmm. She, she heard this conversation go on between the two of them. 
She's like, oh, I know what we need to do. This is be so great. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, it, it requires you being present. Yeah. You know, so it requires you being present. Mm-hmm. And it also requires you really investing in who that person is and what they're doing in order to be able to to see and know that. Because sometimes it's stuff they're not even going to be willing to verbalize yep. because they're like, oh, I don't want to make it look like that's what I would want. Right. Well, and I'm going to stay in the same subject, but put it in a different uh, contents. And that's, I think we need to do that in our locker rooms for pregame. Oh, okay. We need to be present in our pregame. So many times we come into our pregame and we already know what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we got these five things we're going to say. We've been saying them all year long. We say them the same way. You know, we do all these things instead of, you know, checking the temperature of the room. Yep. And, and see, and it's same same case scenario where you could have a partner who is dying to tell you about a play, but doesn't want, but is not going to because for fear of you judging them. Oh, good call. So they're like, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just keep it to myself. So you've got to be able to draw that out of them by being present. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's them. Maybe it's a simple sign of them just scrolling through their iPad. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. they want to pull it up. They want to show us, but are they willing to put their neck out there to say, yeah, you missed it or, yeah, you know, yeah. your partner should have helped you or whatever. So, well, you know, as you say that, it reminds me, I had a conversation just yesterday with an official and they were talking about how the the crew chief on their particular game had kind of said, okay, you know, well, you know, what do you guys need today? Or what do we need to talk about? Or what do we need to do to be successful? Something like that. But it was very open-ended and very general. Mm-hmm. And one of the people they were working with on this game is really, uh, man, what's the right way to put it? M- maybe is not ready for the level that they were working that day. Okay. Okay, you know, had monitor involved that they're not used to. It's a level they're not used to. It's a league they're not used to. All those kinds of things, right? So maybe swimming a little bit, right? And the person, you know, that they asked the question to said something along the lines, well, you know, we need to have really good communication, whatever, blah, blah. Well, the crew chief got annoyed at that. Well, like, duh, we we all need good communication. Like, every game we work, no matter what. And the, the third part in the room, as they were talking to me, was like, well, you know, we kind of set that person up to fail because that person didn't know what they needed to know. Okay. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't know what they didn't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, if if we had been better, he, and he, he didn't put it on the crew chief. He said, if we, you know, if, if we as a crew, if we had been better about leading that conversation... Maybe not, here's my 12 points of my pregame. Mm-hmm. Because we've all seen people do it. They come in, they open up their notebook, and here, I'm going to read through this and yep. all. And there may be times when that's good. There's other times we need to go in a different direction for our pregame. Mm-hmm. But to just be able to say, how can, how can I help this person get from point A to point B? Yeah. You know, and especially when they don't know where point B is. <laughs> right. They don't know what it looks you know, like. <laughs> that that's that sometimes is the greatest gift mm-hmm. that you can give somebody in your locker room is by and you may say, Well, you know, I shouldn't have to do that because if, if they're ready to work this level, they should be able to do that. Well, guess what? Mm. We've all been at levels we weren't ready for yet. <laughs> yeah. We've all been at games we weren't ready for yet. Yeah. You know, and so 
part of the brotherhood and sisterhood of sports officiating is just that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's really what it is. We just talked in one of our last podcasts, you know, about what it's like when you're sitting there in the room and the, the family is, you know, yelling at the officials, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That happened in a super pointed way uh, with me this last week. There was actually a phone call where they were bringing up the officiating of a certain game and stuff like that. And and they meant it in the best way possible. They are so supportive of what I do. Um, Awesome. Like it it was not meant as a specific jab at all. But anytime I hear people talking about officiating, I don't care if it's at the junior high level or if it's at the World Cup, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is a part of me that gets defensive, right? Whether what the people did was right or wrong, I get defensive because that's my brothers and sisters out there doing this work, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we ought to be that defensive for each other when we're in the locker room. Mm. And instead of saying, well, you ought to know this. Well, you know what? I want us to be good when we get out there. So what can we do to make ourselves the best we can be? How can I help you know it? Yeah. Yeah. How can I help you become more comfortable with with the monitor? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, we probably don't give enough gifts in the locker room. Mm-hmm. We're too busy taking. Yeah. You know, and we're whatever. We're complaining about our travel. We're complaining about, you know, clips of this. We're complaining that I didn't get enough games. We're doing all that stuff. Complaining about what the coach said last night. Yeah. About, yeah. You know, we're doing all that instead of uh, finding out that you can give a gift to your partner mm-hmm. by letting them share some things. And, you know, whether it be a video clip or maybe a play that, that you can weigh in on. So um, that w- that's that's interesting. You know, I, I, I would like to do, I would like to just, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to hear what are some of the greatest things that people have heard in the locker room that have changed the way they do things, you know, uh, for the good or for the bad. Mm-hmm. Because I believe there there is turning points within everyone's, career, whether it be an officiating, you know, but what caused them to do the pregames that they're doing right now and why are they doing them that way? There had to be something that flipped a switch for them and go, I am never doing that. Mm-hmm. Or I am I'm definitely implementing that. Or I'm gonna mesh mesh them together. So that would be interesting, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I don't know if we need to be smoking in the locker room back in the day. <laughs> we, we joke, but that that you know that used to happen. I Did it really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in high school, and I was ref- first first refereeing high school basketball, it was very common for the officials to have a cigarette at halftime. I know. <laughs> That's hilarious I, to I've, me, man. I've worked, I've worked with basketball referees where they've had heart conditions, and they said, hey, listen, if I start having chest pains, my nitro yep. glycerin pill is in my right pocket. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Here's... <laughs> All right, so here's my next question. Are we doing okay in time? We're doing great. All right. People can shut us off whenever That's they right. want to shut so us like, off. What's wrong with these yahoos, right? <laughs> what do you, when I say physical for officiating, what okay. do you think? Like a physical, like. Like I'm going to the doctor to get a physical? Yeah, yeah. When, when, when your coordinator says, okay, we need you to, you know, have an examination. To make mm-hmm. sure that you're able to referee. I think I just lost a game check. That's what I think. Interesting. Because I got to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to pay the equivalent of right. one of my game checks mm-hmm. to go get a piece of paper signed. 
So I, I would agree. I, mm-hmm. I think there's some there's some truth to that. What would be more important than a physical? Mm, a psychiatric evaluation. <laughs> Maybe, <right? laughs> To make sure we're right. sane enough to do this now. Yeah. I, I don't know that. I mean, and the reason I think that is because I am somebody that it, at least to a, a minimum level uh, is monitoring my health. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if, if I were someone that, you know, the only time I ever showed up at a medical office was when I had to get my paper signed to work a basketball game, then yeah. I understand some validity there because, you know, hey, if, if there's a bad blood pressure thing, if there's a something, whatever, that's at least a chance for that to get caught. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leading into the question. Yeah, I'm, I can tell. I can see that I'm look like, on your face. I'm, I'm Our like, podcast uh, listeners can't because it's yeah, an audio podcast. Am, but if you could only see, he's looking yeah. about six steps past. Here's right now. what we're missing, I believe. How about an eye exam? Because then we wouldn't have any officials left. There's already a dearth <laughs> of officials out there, Jeff Cross. Come on now. That should be the first thing we should be worried about. That you have 2020 vision. Even if it is corrected. Sure. Just have 20-20 vision. Because you know how many people probably don't get their eyes checked? Yes. There are a lot of people that don't get their eyes checked. And we should be doing that. Maybe we would be a little better off going, hey, come to find out. I really can't see that well. Let me put some contacts in. And now I can see I can see, the, I can see if the ball hit the rim. You know, I can see those things now. Can I share one quick story with you? So, Megan... Megan has moved states, you know, obviously since we got married and combined our homes and that kind of thing. And she's been teetering back and forth on when uh, to get her in-state license and her her license plates and all that kind of stuff because of when some things happen and all. So she went in not too long ago um, to get her, her driver's license, her Illinois driver's license. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to get the real ID, uh, you know, what they have, that they said you were going to have to have this year for traveling. Now they put it off for another two years, two right? Years. Holy cow. This is like five. This is like, I mean. By the time we actually get it, you know, I, on my on my tomb, he never got his real ID, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> be the epitaph right. there. He tried. He tried he so did. hard and it to, just yeah. wasn't necessary. Yeah. But, um so Megan was going to go get her uh, get her uh, license. Uh, here in our town, you have to actually have an appointment at the DMV. So uh, she had her appointment. It was her late day to go and work. So the plan was she was going to do that. We were going to meet at a little place called Yolks and Berries right outside where it's at. We were going to have breakfast, brunch kind of thing before she went to work. And it got over there, and it was taking her forever and taking her forever and taking her forever. So finally, I just went over, and I sat and waited with her in the DMV. Why not, right? It's been a little time together. That's a you know perfectly I romantic mean, date place. Sounds, is the DMV I mean, hot? <laughs> I'm telling hot. you. So we're sitting on the front row at the DMV, and she finally gets called up. So I'm literally sitting right behind her. I'm maybe eight feet behind her, and I can see every bit of interaction between her and the lady that's that's trying to fill out her stuff. Well, the thing you have to do, the, kind of the last thing you do after all the other stuff, is you have to get your eyes checked. Mm-hmm. So she goes and she puts her eyes in the little viewfinder. Oh, yeah. You From know? 1963. Yeah. And they're like, uh, can you read such such a line? And she zoom, reads it off, right? Uh, do you uh, see a light on the left side, the right side, or both? I see both. Perfect. All this kind of stuff. Um, can you read uh, the letters on the right side in the white bar? Yes. 
and you read the letters on the left side in the white bar. There's no letters there. Uh, are you sure about that? <laughs> yep. No letters there. Right? Okay. Brings her back. So they're going through stuff and all. And so they're at the very end. She's getting ready to, you know, print out the temporary and send off for the real one or whatever. And she goes, now here, um, you have this uh, thing on your license because of, you know, this letter because of such and such. You have this letter on there because uh, you wore contacts for your I think, and you have this letter because you're required by law to have side mirrors because of your peripheral blindness. <laughs> and Megan goes, what blindness? She goes, well, you know, your your blindness on the left side. <laughs> Megan's like, what do you mean? Well, there were letters in that white bar on the left side, and you said you didn't see any. And and I, I, I knew there was something wrong from the look on the lady's face when she tried, said there were no letters there the first time, because I'm looking directly at that lady's face. Megan's looking in the viewfinder. Right, she can't yeah, see what the lady's can't. thinking. Right. I am seeing everything being played out on this lady's yeah. face. And she's like, yeah, there were, there were like six letters there, you know? And Megan's like, can I look again, please? Because I mean, she is adamant, right? She's adamant. There were no letters in this thing. So she goes back, back over there and lays like, what do you see on the right? Megan tells her, what do you see on the left? There's no letters on the left. There should be six letters. Blah, blah. And then the lady looks over at the machine. Oh, the last person that used this must have turned those off. So like you can set up the machine different ways, but oh. what they do is they'll set it up, you know, one way and then they've all got it memorized. Yeah, right? right. So mm-hmm. they don't have to check anything sure. for whatever reason, this switch, you got flips. Becky was so frustrated that when the lady turned it back on, not only did she read the line that she was supposed to read, she read like the line too smaller, you know, just to <laughs> like, prove oh, there's freaking, you know, yeah. letters in the box. And so the, the joke has been that I'm really glad that my blind wife can, can see enough to drive at night. Yeah. We, we don't. We could just break the side mirrors off the car, and we'd still be totally legal because uh, she doesn't have peripheral blindness. Well, the now. next time I see her, I'm going to stand to her left and say, "Can you see me, Megan? Can you see me? Can you see me? You will please do that. Just listen to that the voice. Just look at the voice. That's all you got to do. <laughs> so you yeah, know, apparently a lot of officials could use to put their eyes in the viewfinder and see if they. I could think read that's the a letters. simple test. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's a simple. I think. I think it should be a requirement that we have at least proof that we have 2020 vision. And ultimately, I mean, anybody who goes to the eye doctor, most eye doctors will tell you that they can tell a lot about a person's health just by looking in their eyes, you know, via diabetes or any kind of blood pressure issues and all that stuff. They can kind of see a lot of that from behind the eyeball. So um, it's worth it. The issue, I'm sure, is a lot of people don't have visual insurance vision insurance some people don't have health insurance Mm -hmm. or they have to pay an astronomical amount but there's a lot of people who just don't have vision at all so i'm sure that's probably where it comes from so that would be a change that i would make Ah, my dmv story is i know this is gonna be so my dmv story is i am i am still single Um, wait i thought you were married I know. <laughs> oh, you mean back when yeah, you yeah. were still single? Yeah, back oh, when okay, I was still single. You. I'm like, back is there some single. sort of like I was going legal out loophole with Gina. I'm not aware of yeah, here, Jeff? Right. <laughs> I was going out with Gina, but I wasn't, um, we weren't married. So I go, it's time to get my license renewed. And I go, and I stick my head in the viewfinder, right? And they're like, uh, you know, read the bottom line. I'm like, I can't. Uh, read the second to the bottom line. I said, I can't. Uh, how about the, the, the second from the top? Can you read? I said, I can't. 
can you read the top line? I said, nope, I can't. And she pulls my head out of there. She goes, how'd you get here? I said, I drove. <laughs> she goes, you're not driving out of here. She said, that's how I knew I needed glasses. Gotcha. So she said, you can't do anything to get glasses. But the, the funny part of the story, I think, is Gina was wearing glasses. I put her glasses on and went and took the test the next day with her glasses on, and I was able to pass. <laughs> Wearing Gina's glasses, just enough, right? That's you know, awesome. so I um, I was cheating, cheating the system back when I was twenty two to twenty three years old. So, um, yeah, I, I think we all have those stories, right? Mm-hmm. All those memories. But um, l- last thing okay. I want to ask you: What does the perfect Christmas look like for you? Uh, perfect Christmas for me is just time with people that matter the most to me. That's that's really all it all it boils down to. Uh, for me, um, just from a, a personal standpoint, you know, Christmas is more than just the holiday and the wrapping and the funny songs and all that kind of thing. You know, to me, it's it's a reminder for me personally that uh, an amazing thing was done for mm-hmm. us. Um, we mark it as a celebration of uh, the birth uh, of Jesus. It's not when Jesus would have been born. Uh, on the calendar, right. you know, that kind of thing, right. um, from everything that we know, uh, there's, a one of the names that Jesus is called is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay. And one of the things that I think makes uh, our faith so unique is the fact that, um, there was a God that loved us so much that he came to be with us rather than, you know, this God way up in the sky somewhere that just looks down Mm-hmm. on his creation or whatever but there was one that was that was with us and so he understands what it's like to have relationships understands what it's like to hurt understands what it's like to to grieve for other people and things yeah. like that and so uh, to me at christmas being able to celebrate that mm-hmm. uh what was done and then to be able to connect with the people that are important to me and that's family that's my close friends that's the the people that uh, I worship with that kind of thing. Uh, to me, that's that's perfect Christmas. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. At least for me, I would say probably the same thing. Um, but I, I put myself in such a tiz for the work up to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I I truly get every day closer. I get a little excited, as as you know. I've spoken yep. to you every day, and every time on the podcast, I talk about Christmas over the past month or so. But even so much as to like, I am counting down the games that I have left before my Christmas break. You know what I mean? Because You're I like know the that kid I'm... at school with you know how many days we got left. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly right. You know, and and it's not that I'm ready to not referee. It's mm-hmm. I'm ready to to have that time with my my kids, my wife, my friends, my loved ones. So, um, and I get excited about that. Sure. And it means a lot to me, and it means a lot for me to be able to if I can find that great gift to give, you know, and, and, and be able to have that chance to see their face. So um, it's, it is for sure. Uh, um, one of the things that I hope I never forget mm-hmm. it, as, as old as I get and, you know, as, as senile as I may become, I hope there's, you know, I'm always willing to have the ugly Christmas sweater on and, and be excited when that time of year comes. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. And we hope that you have people to celebrate with. <clears throat> we hope that you have people to connect with this holiday season, whatever your holiday traditions might be. Yeah. 
and uh, know that uh, part of why we do what we do here at the Uncommon Drive is to, to help be that voice in the car, to help be that voice in the headphones during the workout or wherever you might be going, uh, to let you know that you're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, officiating is a team sport. Uh, the brotherhood and sisterhood of it is real. And if there's ever something that you need, if there's ever a connection that you need to make, reach out to us at Uncommon Drive Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to connect with you, and we hope that this is a blessing to you this holiday season. Have a great week, everybody. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.